Good afternoon. I want to welcome everybody to our weekly podcast, Coffee and Conversation, with the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte Unified School District. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Jeff Harris, and I am the superintendent. Um, in the time it takes to sit down, have a conversation with a friend, cup of coffee, glass of tea, we want to welcome you and invite you to join us in a conversation of things that are important to our community and our students. So um, joining us today, we we have a special treat. You'll find out exactly how special a little bit later. <laughs> we have uh, some folks you may recognize their voice. Uh, it's our uh, a large part of our tech department uh, here for the County Office of Education. They provide all the technical assistance and, and services that are done for the district. Um, and joining us today, we have Dan Gustafson. Hi, Dan. Hello. Tom Fortier. Hi there. And Kyle Curtis. Howdy. So each of you have a little bit different job uh, in the tech department. Tell us real quick, what is it that is your specialty or what what is your role within the tech department? Uh, my name is Dan. I'm a network analyst and uh, my role is to analyze the network. <laughs> no, no, uh, things have changed recently. You know, I don't. It's hard to define what my role is now. We've all kind of uh, jumped into the same boat. You know, we're we're all doing the same thing. We're taking phone calls from parents and. Uh, so pre-COVID, though, Dan, what what's a network analyst do? Yeah, I make sure that the network is configured properly. You know, that the users get the appropriate level of access. Um, I don't know how boring I, I want to go with this, but, uh, it, you know, I, I manage the phone system. I make sure that all the, the phones are operational and, and configured and voicemail. So really a lot, a lot of that's the setup that, that people see when they go to use the device, right? No, a lot of what I do is just, uh, kind of invisible behind, behind the scenes. And it, I feel like if things are working, then I'm doing my job right, and and if if nobody's complaining, that means I'm doing my job right. So I, you know, it's not real obvious what I'm doing, but uh, I, I promise I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, uh, Tom. I'm the network systems administrator, and pre-COVID, I my main function was to get all of the servers and the backend infrastructure functioning, um, and that that includes like the antivirus and backups and all that kind of stuff, plus uh, security, making sure that the data stays in and the bad guys stay out. is completely changed, though, as Dan said, since COVID hit. However, I was just on a conference call earlier today with our um, local insurance group, and they were saying that spoof attacks, phishing attacks, some of those kind of things have actually really ramped up because of COVID. Yeah, that's for sure, because many organizations don't have uh, security that will that will work at people's houses. It's only from within the the network itself that they're really protected. Our network, we have a, a few things that keep people safe even when they're at home. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about them. Some of the tools that we use. Yeah, we, let's talk about those in just a bit because I know that when when our students take the devices home they have that same level of security that they have sitting in a classroom. That's right. They are still secure. Yeah. And, and so I think that's going to be a really interesting piece as we kind of talk about the support that you're all doing now, even though uh, you and Dan kind of do the behind the scenes stuff and you're in charge of what they affectionately refer to here as the Holy of Holies. You have the server room, right? That's <laughs> right. The all infrastructure, all the back end yeah. stuff that you don't really realize is even there. Right. And without which nothing else works. Um, so we'll talk about that in a minute. And Kyle, what, what is your job? 
I'm a computer support tech too. So a lot of my job is, is, is similar to what we're doing now with COVID, but we're just doing it all through the phone. Um, going out to sites, uh, helping the teachers, turning the computers off and on again, the, the basics. Yeah. Yeah. So troubleshooting, getting stuff set up is, and, and you've also, you're also part of when, when we have to go through and install new um, cameras, new projector or projector, stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of uh, the hands-on stuff that we do, it, it, the installation of equipment and things like that. Yeah. Fall under my category, I guess. Um, I also do a lot of the iPad stuff too. So pushing out all the apps and making sure that the iPads are functioning and, and connected as well. Well, and I have to give you a big thank you too, because I think you were the one back in March when we first all got to first begin to experience COVID together. Um, you had <laughs> kind of put together that COVID-19 page that mm -hmm. we really started to to build off of throughout the, the past few months, right? Yep. Yeah, that was um, just kind of spur of the moment. We had to throw everything together and uh, just make something work and, and get all the information out as fast as we could. So, Well, and I have to tell you, in case ever, anybody listening doesn't know, if you go to the dnusd.org slash family resources page, um, I think the COVID is Michael. I don't know if the COVID page is still up or not, but that family resources page is really what kind of drove the development of some of those other web pages. And we've had people from around the state ask what, how we developed that, what that looked like. And so we've been sharing that with a lot of different groups. So thanks, Kyle. You're yeah. welcome. All right, gentlemen. So this is where we hit the free for all. How has your job changed because of COVID? I'm on the phone all day, every day. And when we helped people in the past, it was almost exclusively employees, like staff members and in large part teachers. But now we're working with grandparents and students and friends and babysitters. It's just a wide range of people. And we used to only really deal with district devices, but now there's a lot of personal devices that we have to help people with. And we have to help them with their home Wi-Fi. And I mean... Every call is different, but they're essentially the same. They just, they can't figure out something, and we have to just go through like a laundry list of possible solutions. But yeah, at the end of each call, just I think we have helped like a hundred percent of the people. So you guys have become a massive call center. Well, For I say, sure. I say massive. There are five of you. <laughs> yeah, it, I had a teacher ask me the other day. She called me and asked, you know, what could she tell the parents? You know, she was trying to trying to help them before they called us. And she said, you know, she wanted specific instructions of what I tell them. And I, I had to tell her it, every call is different. You know, if we're lucky, we get a few calls in a row that are the same problem. But, you know, like Tom was saying, they're, they're all unique. You know, we got home devices, grandparents, people of all different skill levels. And uh, there is no recipe. It's just a uh, walk them through it. So you guys have people trying to log in through iPads, Chromebooks, home computers, Android phones, Apple phones, probably if they're doing Zoom or something like that and they need those kind of things. Um, plus getting them access to things like Zoom through the telephone. Um, you see a lot of different things, right? I mean, it's just, it's all over the map. Yeah. Every device is different. I mean, even, even with the district, um, it, looking at iPads all, all on their own, uh, they've been managed different ways over the years. So just because somebody has an iPad doesn't mean it's the exact same as the last iPad that you just just spoke to somebody about. So yeah, there's a lot of variety in it. 
The district-owned devices are way easier than the personal ones, though, because in a lot of cases, we can lock it down so other people can't log into them, which is a common issue on, on personal devices. When somebody tries to sign into Zoom, they're already signed in with a personal account that won't work with our Zoom for security reasons right. anymore. Yeah. Well, and, and if somebody even borrows their child's Chromebook to do something else and they log into um, Chrome or whatever it is that they log into and they put in their own personal stuff, when the child goes in, even if they try to log in, it's going to pull up that other person's account information, everything else, which then you have to go figure out what all that looks like on top of it. So it's pretty crazy. So on average, how many calls do you think that you answer a day? Um, I, I know, the, especially that first week in school, Ryan uh, Botten, our director, said there was an insane number of calls that came through, hundreds and hundreds of calls that came through. How many folks do you guys think you talk to a day if you just had to spitball it? 10 or 20 for me, I would guess. And it's way more for the other guys. It varies from day to day, really. Uh, some days you may have, depending on what the issues are going on, um, things like that, you could you could talk to 40 different people. And then other days uh, you may have a couple of really long problems. I know I've, I I was on the phone with, with one parent for over an hour mm. just, just dealing with one issue. Um, and, you know, it, it part of it is the technical issue and part of it is, you know, their frustration that they're they're dealing with uh, this, this whole scenario. So, um, it's, it's trying to walk through every possible thing that can, that can happen in in that, uh, scenario and, and, you know, just comfort them and empathize with them as well. So, yeah. Well, and, and what are the most common things you get asked about? Can't access zoom. That, that, that is our bread and butter. If we were making money, (laughs) we'd be making a lot of money off of that. So people, they, they're not able to access Zoom like they were before because of the security change we made, which is that now you have to log in. Yeah, you uh, have to be that authenticated user, right? That's right. And so, yeah. So just getting people to be able to log in the first time. Once they're logged into a device, provided the student keeps that device, it'll be good for the rest of the school year. So it's just a one-time thing. But we've touched a lot of, a lot of you know, users, at least a thousand, I bet. Wow. I mean, and that's pretty amazing too. I mean, you know, when you, when you think about the time, because, you know, when I was a principal, people would always say, um, you know, you're, you're, you're booked all day. Well, you know, how, how do you get out? How do you get into classrooms? Those kinds of things. And as, as I was working with students, if I had each teacher who only sent one child to the office and I talked to that one child for 10 or 15 minutes, I had 30 teachers that's 300 minutes. That's five hours out of my day just dealing with what, what from their perspective was one child. From my perspective, it's, you know, it's five hours worth. And so you guys must be feeling the same thing. I mean, you, you went from, I think, a relatively, like our teachers did, you went from a relatively routine set of, of um, circumstances and job descriptions, right? Um, working on the network or working on uh, the whole system, doing those typical installs when things came in over the summer and then uh, supporting. And now your world is completely flipped around to providing tech support to a wide variety of people and also doing all those things that you've done in the past to the fullest extent that we can. Um, because now we're used to be able to go into a classroom and do some work while kids are in there. We're even kind of being really cautious about that too. Right. 
Yeah. And yeah, we started uh, started a log of, of what classes that we visit, you know, just as a precautionary, you know, so if in the future there's some kind of event, we can look back and know where we've been. Right. But yeah, we try to stay out of the out of the classrooms as much as possible right now. At least while the kids are there. And I know that you guys are you've done a lot of other work, too, um, in other types of security and um just kind of some back end stuff. So a few years ago, we put in the whole new, the whole new uh, system, right? And so what what did that? When we put that system in, there was a little bit of controversy around it because it had been about ten years, I think, since we had put in the first run of all of our wiring. Um, we put in this new batch of wire, and we what were we at before? Were we at two? What where were we before? As far as like our internet speed, yeah, yeah, uh, we had a one gig circuit we had a before, one gig. yeah, and then we got a ten gig that's now it's provisioned at five. Right, I think it's technical, but now we have five times as much bandwidth as we did before, and it's going to be up to ten here in the near future. And if we hadn't done that shift, because again, like I said, there was a little bit. It was three and a half million dollars. And and there was you know there were a lot of people saying, well, should we do this? Is it worth it? What are we running bandwidth right now? If you had to guess, if we would, could we have even done this if we were still at one? It, um, it was not only that it was at one gigabit before, but the the equipment that was uh, connecting the schools to here was underpowered. The whole system was underpowered. So just looking on the outside, you could say, well, that seems like an adequate amount of bandwidth, but there was so much more. All of the horsepower of the devices was not nearly enough and with all of the devices that the students have now there's just no way it just wouldn't have worked so in in addition to that we got some security tools as part of that upgrade mm -hmm. uh, one of them is umbrella and it's sort of complicated how it works but it keeps the the remote devices when they're not at school still protected so it's a lot harder for them to get compromised so, so I think that adds a whole level of or a whole layer of um, confidence, you know, with parents and their children working with these devices at home, because we've wanted to go one to one for, with our kids for a long time. Um, and after this year, because of the additional federal dollars that we got for COVID and because of some state um, assistance, I think we'll be actually I think we're going to be more than one to one. And you guys, you guys have also been handing out thousands of computers yeah. this year. Um, so, so if we think a little bit ahead, how do you think having 4,000 students with a computer that's checked out to them to go home, to have at home over breaks, to, to do work with, how's that going to change your job? As let's just say that from what we're hearing right now, the the money is on the fact that we kind of go back to quote normal um, middle or end of next summer, right? That's what we're hearing from state legislature. That's what we're hearing from Cal the California department of public health. That's what our public health officer said on the webinar last week. Everybody's kind of looking to that middle or end of next summer. But when we come back, the whole system has been disrupted, Right. How are you going to manage 4,000 devices in the hands of students and kind of go back to what you were doing before? Or is it going to really, is it just more work or is it going to change the way that your jobs are structured? Well, the one thing I see about, you know, the one-to-one -one deployment with the students is 
well, right now, or well, I shouldn't say right now, pre-COVID, a lot of the devices sat in, in classrooms where there'd be a cart full of Chromebooks or a cart full of iPads. And mm-hmm. if, if one of them broke, um, you know, hopefully there was an extra one that a student could pick up and use. But with one-to-one deployment, and when a student, you know, takes a device home, if that device breaks, that student is down, mm-hmm. you know? So that's that's what I see, you know, it's, it becomes a more personal issue, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, when the student's without a device, the student can't can't learn, can't participate in the school activities. Um, but as far as management goes, I mean, it's all remotely managed anyway, whether it's iPads or Chromebooks, and it's all through the cloud. So it doesn't really matter where the device is. It's still going to get managed the same way. Over the last couple of years, we've started working on some management tools that, that were already ready to go when COVID hit. So it helps us out an awful lot. We're much more easily... Uh, able to manage these thousands of devices but i think the job has changed forever it will never be the same i mean you know with yeah just the way it was before will never be again i don't think yeah i think from from our perspective from a management standpoint i mean the the volume is not only increasing but I, i think we also have to think in terms of how do we simplify things as well so that we don't have as many different problems you know what can we do on a large scale to keep things uh simplified so that we're we're not getting such a variety of different calls you know well and i think that kind of goes back to to you know one of the things that i think our district may have we've had people ask the question and you know i've been accused of being anti-mac or anti-whatever and that's that's not true i mean we Every device has a use. Every device has a purpose. And uh, but when we're looking at scaling up to the level that we are, um, part of what we're talking about here is standardization, right, to a certain level. Um, and right now, you're de- we're dealing with iPads for K two, and we're dealing with Chromebooks for three, basically three twelve. Um, what is what would be a disadvantage if we were to bring in a third platform? I mean, if we were to say we're going to go, we're going to start doing Macs for X, Y, and Z, or if we were going to um, now start pulling in Android tablets because they were cheaper to give kids to take home, how would that disrupt what you guys were currently doing? The hands-on repair is the is one of the biggest things. Mm-hmm. I think even just just with Chromebooks, the fact that we are standardized with Chromebooks, we also try to purchase the same type of Chromebook in as much bulk as we can, so that it, we're not having fifty different styles of Chromebooks that we have to find parts for and things like that. So, um, from a physical hands-on standpoint, uh, simplifying the the type and variety of make and model uh, helps a lot. I think. Well, that goes back to what you were talking about, Dan, right? So when it goes down for a kid on one-to-one, that now becomes a very personal issue and an access-based issue. But if we're able to warehouse and stock parts that are interchangeable across the board, that repair now is much quicker, right? Yeah, it takes about probably three or four minutes to bring on a new Chromebook when we just pulled it out of the box. It takes maybe 15 minutes for a new PC and it's just all ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it takes hours or days for a single Mac. It's just, it's such a resource drain. Yeah. They just are not meant to be managed the way we need to manage them given our staffing level. Well, and when we're talking about ordering thousands of things, I mean, I yeah. go back to just that economy of scale. <coughs> I go back to that economy of scale of um, 
2,000 Chromebooks, maybe 2,000 minutes, right? And then you figure out how many hours that is versus even a thousand of something uh, that we don't currently have if we had to go through that setup and structure. Now you're talking, if it was, let's just say it was three hours, you're talking 3,000 hours. I mean, at that point, you're talking, you're talking the better part of a year just to get that many things up and going, depending on what you have. So yeah, that's pretty, pretty amazing. So um, if you guys were going to give a piece of advice to a family, right? Because our families right now are in a position they've never been in. They are their tech support at home when they can't get a hold of you or before they get a hold of you. Um, they're also the teacher at the house. Um, if you were going to give a piece of advice to a family about how to use tech and how to maximize what their child was doing on the computer, about how to use that computer, what, what would you tell a family? I would say reboot. That, that's <laughs> our, our first thing. And that, that's not only the device, but if you have a like charter cable internet, then that's the, the cable box and the Wi-Fi router. Rebooting devices is almost magic. It probably fixes like 75% of the problems that we deal with, I would say. It just And we do it ourselves. I mean, you know, whenever there's an issue, that's one of the first things we do. So it's tried and true. So you're talking about rebooting all three pieces. Yes. Your box, your router, and your computer. Yeah. And then there'll be times when a parent will say, well, I have like four kids and three are operating without an issue and one isn't. You know, what? what's you know, why is that? And a lot of times it's because the Wi-Fi router just has an issue because they're low quality freebies from the cable company. Mm. And so rebooting that device, even though, you know, you wouldn't think it would help is often a huge help. Yeah. And I say, you know, as far as rebooting goes, you know, do it to your, with yourself too, you know, step back. We get some parents called calling who are pretty upset, you know, and I've had to counsel a few of them and tell them, <laughs> You know what? It's going to be okay. You know, uh, yeah. if your child misses this Zoom meeting, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's just, you know, go through this step by step and, and get this figured out and uh, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. It, we, we all struggle with this, but we'll get through. And uh, and keep calling back on the, the helpline if you need help, the 464-7005. Um, if we don't answer, it's because we're on the phone. And uh, and they can also put an email in too, right, Dan? That's right. Parenthelp at dnusd.org. And I hope that's correct <laughs> <laughs> because it's recorded on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I, I I would call people have people have talked to me and they've said they said I called three times today and, and nobody answered and I said well keep calling back if we don't answer it's because we are on the phone mm -hmm. with other parents and. Uh, so far, we've been able to to walk everybody through their issues and get them taken care of. Well, that's good. Well, and I think, Tom, you had said almost everybody that calls, you're able to do, you're able to get that problem resolved. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's been nearly 100%. Kyle? I mean, my biggest thing is don't suffer in silence. Uh, we see a lot of people, even before COVID, that 
something's not working and they find a workaround and it's 10 times longer or that they're having to do something, you know, that they're, they're making it so much harder on themselves, you know, ask if you've got a problem, ask and see if there is a simpler way or, or what am I doing wrong? That sort of thing. So I think a lot of people, you know, just kind of hold it all in. And I think that, you know, that's what we're here for is to help you out. So ask, you know, give us a call. Yeah. Well, and, and I think too, what I've seen you guys in, uh, I think I've seen all three of you do it at some point, but if we have a family that we can't help over the phone, they're also, they'll be advised to come in in person, right? Yes. Because I've seen you all have hands-on computers. I've seen you all working through that. And sometimes it's that, it's that final bit, like you said, Kyle, that, that reassurance, because I think everybody's anxiety and frustration and everything else are super high after being, um, I don't know what you want to call it after being under the stay at home order or lockdown or quarantined or whatever it's been for seven months. And sometimes I think that our own brain gets in the way of us following instructions. And so if it has to be that in-person piece, you guys do offer that too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we're here seven thirty to four thirty daily. So looks like we're about to wrap up today's podcast. Um, so, gentlemen, I just I want to thank you for everything that you've done. It's been good hearing from you. I mean, um, a lot of t- I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, your jobs probably pre-COVID were about in all of the discussion and everything that goes on. Um, your jobs were about 30 to 40 percent of everything that we discussed and everything that was kind of part and parcel of education. Right. I mean, there were there was the whole backbone piece, but, and then there were explicit tools in classrooms and there were supports that we gave people to be able to use those tools. And within the matter of days, um, you became from 30 to 40% to 80% of what was necessary to provide school. And yet you still have the same six people working. And so just, I think on behalf of everybody, the, the, teachers, the board, community, students. I just want to say thank you for everything you've done because you guys have just done an amazing job at getting devices out, keeping people updated, giving those supports, and doing everything else that needs to be done. Um, um, I don't know if everybody else out there knows that, but these are the same guys that go out and they install uh, all of our security cameras. They they do all of the um, – they've put in the wireless access points in the parking lots um, they run anything that is technologically related goes through their hands at some point. And if you see them out in public, if you know who they are, um, give them a big thank you because we couldn't be doing any of this without them. So thanks guys. You're thank welcome. you. You're welcome. 